welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast, where we'll discuss all things coon hounds, from competition hunting to pleasure hunting with family and friends. I'm your host, Alan Bridges, and we'll take an in-depth look at our hounds from the whelping box to the winter circle and all the stops in between. So grab your notebooks and your pencils because class is in session. Coonhunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coonhunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high quality cedar dog box at a great affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. We're here today, ladies and gentlemen, with Bart Nation. Bart has been involved with coon hunting for as long as I can remember, and He's probably owned more good dogs than anybody that I know of. So, Bart, just tell us about Bart Nation and let us, you know, just tell us your story. Well, what I did, I started coon hunting when I was a small child. Just a few years old, I started going with my father. He had he had plot hounds. And then as I got older, he he would always make sure that I had a good, a good hound. He told me from the start he said there's no sense in feeding them dogs if they're no good said you could feed a good one for the same amount it takes to feed a one that's no good so over the years i started young when i was just a child there i had good hounds and as i got older i pretty much made it a point to always have a good hound on my lead and if i went to any hunts i pretty much had something that was capable of winning I have owned some good hounds over the years. Color don't really matter because I hunt anything that's good. I've had good hounds in pretty much every breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many years when I was young, I hunted English hounds and blue ticks. But then as I started getting older, I would hunt anything and have. I've had, I've had good, many, many, many good English hounds and, and blue ticks. Had some good walkers. I've had some good black and tans. Couple good red red bones. That's about it, really. I guess I haven't really owned. I've owned a couple of plots back years back. It was decent. One good leopard hound. A few cur dogs that were were pretty good. Back in the 80s and 90s, I hit the hunts hard. Did a lot of winning. About to start back pretty soon here. I'm, I'm trying to give me some young guys to help with the dogs now handle for me all goes well you'll be seeing me at the hunts here very soon well good so you're an author yes yes sir and can you tell us about some of the books you've written well i've i've written the first first book that i wrote was the sound of the hounds i had the second one is uh the thrill of the chase they're pretty much about yeah, they got some fictitious hunts in there, actually. But most of the hunts are real hunts with real dogs. I don't know. I've got numerous other books right now I'll be publishing in the next little while. Within the next year, I've, I've got 12 books. I don't know where I'll publish all of them, but I'll probably publish at least four or five of them here within, you know, when I get some, someone to help me. I'm, I'm not very good with the computer, so get someone to help me format them but hopefully i'll have new books out real soon here and i have updated pictures of the new hounds that i've got my hounds and some of my buddies hounds hopefully i'll be hitting the hunts real soon and maybe doing some winning hopefully what i got on my mind anyway yeah i've got a couple pretty good hounds right now and my buddy gerald thomas he's He's got a kennel full of English dogs over there. I'm going to help him out and 
hunt some of them young hounds for him. Mostly the bloodlines he has is stuff that he and I had from back in years back, back in the 80s. He's kept it kept it alive over the years. So you recently got a new dog from Joe Moyer. Yeah, I've got the Rocky dog. Call it. His name's uh, Moyer's Blue Rocky. It's pretty pretty nice hound there. Tell me you about see? him. Well, he's four year old dog, dark dark blue. He's he's out of a dog called Brigman's Blue Rock. His, his dam is Joe's Grand Night Champion Bonnie female, which is she's Ushman bred, and then the Rock Dog he's also Ushman bred, so he's pretty much Ushman bred, top mm-hmm. and bottom. He's a hard going dog. He get deep, get struck, get treed by himself, and he he's been hunted by himself probably ninety eight, ninety nine percent of the time. He needs no help. He he does his own thing. He he stays pretty much alone got a big mouth on him and good tree dog and when he when he trees you're gonna see coon he misses very 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 few that's his strong point he has coon when he trees it's hard to beat one when they got the eyes yeah he, he's you're gonna see something when he when he sits down and you no know, he don't need no help of no kind he he does his own thing he's he's a pretty nice hound i've got a nice pup out of him too uh figuring well I'll probably have him in the hunts next year if all goes well. I don't know. I, I'm gonna try to. Rocky's been bred one times. All he's all he's been bred so far. Most of the pups out of that litter are done running treeing. They're under a year old. I don't know. I'm figuring on granting him out if all goes well here real soon. I'm gonna hunt him. In, I'm gonna hunt him on some big hunts when the leaves come off. When the leaves fall. You know, I had hounds in. The last time I advertised any hounds was 2004. I advertised Wild and Blue Mr. Quick, and then a dog at Kerry had a Grand Night Champion Rooks Blue Bobo, which was a nice, a nice hound. He's a spanky bred hound. He was good there. Mr. Quick was out of uh, Mackie Man's Pounder dog. Mm-hmm. That's the last dogs that I advertised, but. You'll be seeing me advertise some here real soon. It's a little different these days. It don't cost anything to advertise. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I'll advertise them that way, and I'll put them in the magazines, too. I'm still old-timer. It's old school. That way people can see them. And hopefully, if everything goes well, i got some young guys here learn how to coon hunt. So I'm about to about to put them in the woods here. All goes well. I have me some handlers. They have, I mean, they're teenagers, twenties. Nah, they're not. They're kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like teenagers, you know, but they're children. Yeah, they want to learn. They don't. They're not interested in a the computer. They're interested in hitting the woods and seeing some coons. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You're, so you're lucky. That's a, that's a rarity there. Yes, sir. It is. You know so. I can look at my nephew and ask him if he wanted to go coon hunting. He'd be like, "What's that?" Well, <laughs> you know, that's these these kids here. They just want to they want to hunt and they want to learn about it. You know, whether mm-hmm. they like it or not, that's another thing. I told my brother I'm gonna carry them to I'm gonna take them somewhere where where the walking's easy and where we can treat coons. You know, I don't want to break them before they get started. That's right. You know, you trail a few coons. With children there, they they see the coons and they start liking it, you know. Oh yeah, it gets a whole lot more fun. You know, you hunt two or three nights, and they have to wade the briar patch and wade through neck deep water, and don't see no coons, they gonna quit. So that's I'm a gonna fact. break them before they get started. But I'm gonna carry them to some easy hunting and trail a few coons, and then maybe even give them some pups, you know. Oh yeah, got their own dog. That's an incentive to to hunt i don't know and then i've got i've got several nephews they want to want to try their hand at it too and even my brother maybe and then i got a son i'm gonna try to talk him into into going he he's interested but whether he can make time to hunt or not that's another thing yeah. he's pretty busy he's got his own business and he's he stays 
pretty much busy all day and every day. Out of all the dogs that you had, which one did you like the best? Oh, I tell you what, I've had so many good dogs, Alan. I, I, I don't know. I, I know that's a loaded question. You know, that's I don't know. I, I've had so many good dogs. I couldn't really have a favorite. I tell you, I, you know, I had Spanky. He was a nice hound, but he was not really the type dog that I hunt myself because he's well, tied on the ground. And let let me let me go ahead and say this. He Bart's talking about Grand Night Champion Cause Spare Time Spanky. We've got some younger listeners that weren't born that yeah that they don't know they don't know about him. Well, he's probably the winningest blue tick in history. Maybe up there with the winningest hound in history because he he won a lot of stuff. You know he he won a lot of stuff back in this day and when he was young, he pretty much you could draw him you had to beat him because he he would be the dog in the cast to beat and you know he got off by himself and he he would have coons when he treed too. But like I say, I I like a completely balanced hound myself. I. You know, I like a first strike and first tree dog and a track dog and dog can tree layups, tree any kind of coon. I've, I've had numerous dogs just like that, you know. I had the old Hopsing dog. He was, he was a balanced hound and plus the best thing about him, he produced good hounds from anything bred to. Didn't matter what you bred him to, he would throw tree dogs. He was Grand Night Champion, uh, ACHA night champion, uh, and he sired the 1980 uh, UKC world champion, Fuller's Red Rooster. So, coming from where you've come from, did you ever think that you would see competition hunts where the top prize would be a hundred thousand dollars? Nah, see, I, back back in my day, Alan, I didn't hunt them money hunts because. I hunted some of the smaller ones and some, I don't know, I, I just didn't, I won some of them, you know, back, back in that time. But in this day and time, you know, I haven't get, had the opportunity to hunt them big hunts, but I would have liked to have some of them hounds that I had back in to compete in this day and time, you know, for that big money. Sure. Because, you know, I've had stuff that could win. You know, I had the scooter dog. I did a lot of winning with him. That old Sugar Creek JR, he was a, Completely balanced hound, very nice hound. Uh, Race Big John, he was a nice, another nice hound that I had. I don't know. I've had so many good hounds. I, I, I don't even know what would be my favorites. You know. Sure. I don't know. I had some good black dogs. I had, I had the big time Albert dog. He was a nice hound. I had an English dog uh, called Jim and Jimmy. Come out of Oklahoma. He was a very nice hound. Had another black dog called uh, Long Long Creek Smoking Toby, he was as good as they get. You know, I never did, I didn't hunt him and Jimmy both. I had them at the same time, and I didn't didn't put them in the hunts like, like I should have. You know, I pretty much quit hunting the hunts then. But either one of them dogs, I hunted them. I hunted them pretty much every night for months on end. And when I cut them loose, I figured they'd, you know, I, I, I didn't know but I, I pretty much thought when I turned them loose, you know, I I expected them to get treed. Every time I cut them off that lead, I expect them to get treed, and I expect them to have a coon. And pretty much that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't work together, but, you know, sometimes they would be on the same tree together, but sometimes I'd cut them loose alone. Sometimes I'd cut them loose, you know, just, just the two of them. But very seldom they got treed together. But usually when they treed, you could see, You'd see coons. Mm-hmm. And back then, I was up in North Florida, and people down there where I hunted, they wanted all the coons killed. And I killed so many coons, I couldn't count them. I hunted them two dogs for 187 nights solid without without missing a night. That's tough hunting. I've hunted there. Yeah, I I, I turned them loose when it, it didn't matter if it was raining, whatever. I cut them hounds loose. And many a night, I'd be coming out of the woods at daylight. But, you know, it, it, they, they was both young hounds, and 
you know, when, by the time they was three year old, I figured, you know, like I say, I've had a lot of good hounds and I've hunted with a lot of good hounds. I figured them two, them two there were capable of winning pretty much any hunt in the world. But the only problem was I wasn't hunting the hunts then. Yeah. But I, I was enjoying them for what they were. I ended up giving them to my son there. You know, he was, he was too young for him. There was too much dog for him. Jimmy died. He was just young. I don't know what really happened to him, but he died. And then Toby was over in South Carolina and a gator got him. Hmm. He was young too. That's unfortunate on, on either end of it, but, uh, it, it certainly happens. I grew up knowing who Bart Nation was and knowing well, that, you know, Alan, back in the day, everybody pretty much knew me and they knew if I come to the hunt, if I had something on my lead out, I, I had something capable of winning. Yes. And then, you know, I pretty much looked always, always, since I've been a child even, I looked for something better than what I had on my lead. But sometimes it, that can't be found. Sometimes you've got, you've got as good as you're going to find, you know. And, and also another thing, you know, you, you might have an outstanding hound, but you don't know just how good that hound is if you hunt it by itself every night till you get it with competition of that's know, right. it's equal to it when you get it with equal competition you're going to see how good it is that's right there's only so much you can determine watching him go by himself dual grand champion grand knight champion house's lippers rex is a direct son of old house's lipper and house's lippers hope another direct descendant of lipper rex is throwing puppies that are gamey independent early starting with huge mouths and motors to complement Rex is available for live breeding in Ripley, Mississippi, and chilled semen can be shipped anywhere in the country. Rex has puppies on the way currently. Uh, Tubby Creek Kennels also has two direct daughters off of Old Lipper that have pups on the ground right now. You can contact Hunter Morgan for more information at 662-587-6828. They also have a Facebook group, Dual Grand Houses Lippers Rex to see more about all of Rex's puppies. Tubby Creek Kennels, where lipper blood flows. You know, I've seen hounds, you, you, you hunt them by themselves. They'll tree every track they strike. But then you get them with competition, and, you know, a good competition dog will just blow them out of the woods, more or less. You know, that's not always true, but that's with certain, you know, certain, I guess, coon dogs, really. Yeah. My mom's steady but they're not fast enough they're not quick and quick enough doing what they do you know to get points that's right but i do know i do know one thing to score there's got to be a coon in that tree that's right no coon no score no that's plus right. points anyway that's right that's and, right and, you, you know I, I like i say i've owned a lot of good dogs and Pretty much anything I advertise, you could bet your money when you walk to the tree, they're going to be big coons up there. If you, you're not going to walk to very many slick trees, or they're not going to be at my house. You know, you, you know, I'm not saying, you know, the best dog's going to miss occasionally. Oh, yeah. What, what I'm saying, I, I, I've owned a powerful hound years back. I mean, he, he's a stud dog. Throwed a lot of good pups. I walked a hundred and three trees, and he had one coon. That's with no leaves on. Mm. And that hundred and third tree, I took a stick to him, and he latched onto my hand. I still got the scars here where he latched on me. I knocked him off my hand there and left him in the woods. By the time I I went on coon hunting, by the time I got home, he beat me home. He's sitting on the front porch. I never hunted him no more after that, though. I carried him back where I got him from. He, he would, he, he, if you were sitting at the truck now, he sounded good. When you walk two miles to the top of the mountain and got up there, and he's up a bush, no leaves on it and nothing up it, you know. A few times like that, you finally get aggravated. My question is, why did you walk with that many trees? <laughs> well, I give a lot of money for him. I bought him on somebody else's word. Mm -hmm. But like I said, now that was that was in a week's time. I just hunted him one week. He did like to get treated, didn't he? 
Oh, he can get treed. I carried him. I hunted him. Actually, I I hunted him in a hunt. I hunted him in the St. Jude hunt. I drawed out with some well-known English man. He told me, he said, man, he said, that's some more tree dog there. But he said, you couldn't beat him up in up in Michigan. But said, down here, said, you just ain't going to cut it. I said, I don't know that. And I said, he's about to go back where he come from. Well, it takes a... It takes a special kind of dog to be able to consistently treat game and and have it. Well, that's right there. You know, I I don't know. I've I've seen I've seen dogs tree as many as thirty five or forty trees and not miss a coon. You know, back when I was growing up, I hunted with a guy. He had a blue tick, and you know he trailed now. He's a trailing type dog. But a lot of times he'd tree layups too. He wouldn't bark on the ground, but he just didn't miss. I mean, the guy, he'd carry a shovel with him. He'd carry an axe with him. And if the dog treed, he got the coon, you know. That was back in the day when, when people caught coon for the hide or, you know, to eat too. So the dog just, I hunted with him pretty much all his life, probably for 10 years. And I could probably count on my, my hands however many times I've seen him miss in all that many years, you know, he he tree a lot of coons. And that was back when they wasn't many coon around here. He's coon here now. Well, what do you think about what the Georgia legislature has done with uh, the year-round harvest of raccoons on private land? Well, I don't know. I guess there's so many of them, you know, and Years back, even, you know, down south, it was, it's been open year round. But up here, our season was from October 15th until February 28th. And that was, that was coon season, you know, in, in the northern part of Georgia. So they've changed it now then, huh? Yeah. Well, the whole state went to the October the 15th to February the 28th. And then, then, uh, just recently in this past legislative session, the legislature decided to pass a bill that on uh, private land only that you can have year-round harvest of raccoons and possums. Well, the reason probably for that is because the raccoons, they're, they're pretty much destroy a lot of stuff, you know. Sure. And I guess, I guess some of these farmers and, you know, whatever, they probably want rid of them. And, like I say, up in this area, there's not that many hunters no more. There's, there's a lot of coon. We got as many coon here as they used to have up north years back. I mean, you see them run over on the roads here every day. And, you know, years back, you didn't see nothing like that. You was lucky if you seen ever seen one run over on the on the highway. But every day, I see coons run over all around here. But yeah. there's no hunters like they used to be. Well, no, that's true. There's there's not as many hunters. Um, you can tell that just by the evidence of going to a competition hunt. Well, back when I back when I was younger, I would go to these local hunts and it'd be forty or fifty dogs. Me too. And and you know, I don't know now, I haven't been to none in a while, but they say they lucky if there's ten dogs. That's right. We had a good hunt the other night at at my local club and we had two casts of night champions and a cast of and two casts of registered dogs. We had, I think, we had um, fourteen or fifteen dogs in the hunt, and that was we were kind of happy about it. Uh, but when I first started going to that club on a Friday night, they'd have forty or fifty, and that yeah, that was down from from what it was before then. They'd have seventy or eighty. Well, you know. Back in back in the eighties and even the nineties and and the seventies even, you go to them big hunts. I mean, they, it's a lot of dogs going to be at, at one of them, you know. And, uh, I'm thinking the Spanky Dog. He won the nineteen eighty nine Walker Days, and at that time that was the biggest hunt ever. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they hunted the two night hunt three hundred fifty dogs. I mean. 750 dogs. I mean, 750 dogs in two nights. That's a pretty good size hunt. You know, in this day and time, even the big hunts don't, they don't draw nothing like that. 
the Grand American would come close. The, they count the PKC world last year. I think they said they hunted 1,500. But that was over well, a that's week. So, that's over a, over a week's time. I don't know. I'm figuring on maybe trying to hit some PKC hunts here soon. You know, if my dog works out like, like I'm hoping there. He's been in two hunts so far, and he's got two two wins. Well, that's good. So, so I'm figuring on grinding him out real soon here. It's hot right now. And a lot of snakes are moving up here, too. Yeah, it was 101 today at the house. Well, I work today, and I've come in here. I'm almost dead here. He just drained me. Mm-hmm. So I go to the gym on Wednesday nights. I didn't go tonight because I was too tired. It's supposed to be hot tomorrow too, and you know, just just imagine you you get a dog out in this. He, I, I've done seen a lot of hard tree dogs. It it causes bad habits. It causes lots of bad habits. Well, it causes them it causes them start jumping. It causes them start chewing or digging, digging or whatever you know. And it's, it's and sometimes they they you know they don't tree tree like they should. And sometimes once they start them habits, it's hard to break. So, you know, in this hot weather like this, I'll hunt after midnight or hunt up toward morning time. So I notice in the, in the morning, I get up early every morning and I'm out here moving around at five o'clock. And around four or five o'clock, it's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's, it's good enough you can hunt a dog. And a lot of times when I'm hunting young dogs, you know, I'll even hunt after daylight. That way you can see what they're doing and you can still tree coons on the outside after daylight. You tree some dens, but still, I've treated a lot of coons, you know, in early morning time. So, where are you from, Bart? I'm actually from North Georgia here, Calhoun's, where I was, where I was raised at. That's where I live now. And you're how old? Sixty-two. So you've been at it quite a while. Yeah, I've been hunting since. Like I said, since I was a child, when I was, you know, back when I was a kid there, I hunted pretty much every night. You know, my dad, he, he made sure I had a good hound now. He told me, he says, he said, I'm going to help you get the dog, whatever. He said, you get out here and find them. He said, I'll buy them for you. But he said, one thing about it, he said, you're going to work here on the farm. He said, you're going you gonna to work to pay for them. He said, you can hunt when you want to. But he said, you going to school, he said, it don't matter if you come in here at daylight, said, you going on to school. That's what I did. You worked on the farm, and many nights I come in at time to go to school. I'd get in the shower and go on, go on you know, and I'd come in that night tired, but I'd go hunting again. I used to do that. I, you know, <laughs> I had a lot, of, a lot of these old-timers, you know, I pretty much knowed all of them around here. I pretty much knowed everyone that had a coon dog, and that's what I tried to hunt with, you know. That's right. And if they wanted to sell them, I usually tried to buy them. Even when I was, you know, just just a young child there, and I got up, I guess I was 18 years old, probably when I started hunting the competition. Actually, I'd probably hit some of the smaller hunts before then, you know. But then I started getting for the bigger hunts when I was around 18 or 19 probably and by the time I was in my 20s I was hitting pretty much all the big hunts if I could I won a lot of hunts and placed hounds in a lot of the big hunts over the years I run a lot of stud dog ads back in the 80s and 90s well one thing that I think about the stud dog business these days is it's a lot tougher than it used to well, be. Well, here's the thing, Alan. Years back, there were so many hunters, it, it was nothing to to have your hound. I mean, he produced 1,500, 2,000. Some of them walker dogs, 5,000 pups, you know. That was that was an average thing back in them, in them days. Now, it's lucky to get 500 pups. I mean, you're very, very lucky if, you, if you're a stud dog produces 500 pups you know some of these guys i'm sure they breed their own females and and try to get over the hundred whatever that's tough people just don't you know they don't raise pups like they used to and people don't hunt like they used to and and another thing people just they don't promote the hounds like 
like they did at one time. And a lot of them old timers have passed away now. That's right. And all these these guys that I knew, you know, there's just a handful of them left. Most of them's gone. You know, it's just uh, a lot of a lot of the people that used to hunt have quit. You know, if they if they haven't passed away, they've just quit hunting. There's not that many people that start when they're kids and continue throughout life, you know. Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. I think I'd be, I'll probably be one of them. I quit for about five years after I bought her family farm but i started when i was 15 and i'm 46 now so i'll probably and did nobody ever take me i had a walker dog show up at the house one day and i asked my dad what that was because i didn't i'd never seen a walker dog before i said it looked like a long-legged beagle (laughs) and he told me what it did and i made him take me to town to get me a light to hunt with and i started coon hunting and I've been doing it ever yeah. since. You know, I, I've hunted through bad times and good times, you know, but I never quit. I've just, just in my blood, I guess. And, and I'll continue to hunt till I'm not able to get around, you know. I, I, I'm an old man now, but I'm, I'm in as good a shape as a lot of young men. You bet. You know, I'm, I'm tough. I, I can go. I'm going to hit the hunts here I, and hunt my own dog, you know. I get some more dogs. I'll have some of these youngsters to help me. You know, that's right. I don't know. These down here, as far as in Georgia, you know, my buddy Gerald, he's been hunting a long time too, but he's he's not able. He's got a kennel full of dogs over there. He's got some grand knights and you know some nice hounds, but he 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 don't hunt that much no more because he's not able to. You know, as far as the old timers around here, you you know Steve Fussell, he's still hunting. Still promoting the dogs. That's right. He's one of the old timers. Kerry Rooks. Kerry's probably had more good hounds than anybody. And I know of for sure. And I'm pretty much used to know everybody in the dog world. And you can pretty much bet too if Kerry's got something, it's a good, it's a good hound. He's like me. He he don't care if, what color they are. If they're good, he he likes them. You know. I've heard. I've never met Kerry, but I've heard about him ever since I've been going to competition hunts and that's that is his reputation. He's always got a good one. Or oh, more than one he, good one. Yeah, he got some good hounds. He always does. You know, I don't know. Like like I say though, there's not that many old timers left, Alan. Well, that's one reason we do these podcasts is is to you, you, get you that know, knowledge I was, down. I was I hunted with them fellas, a lot of the older ones. I hunted with them when when I was a kid, you know, and and everybody thought I was older than I was, you know, that didn't know me. And then they see me, they said, oh, you're just a kid, you know. And and they say, well, how long you been hunting? Forever? I said, pretty much, you know, because like I said, I was I was hunting when I was just a child, when I was able to get get around, you know. And my, my father, he, he just told me, you know, he, he knowed all these coon hunters around here. He let me go with them, you know. He just, like I say, he just told me, said, if it's school night, be in here in time for school in the morning. You know, and that, that was, he was pretty good about that, really. He was pretty good about making making sure I had a good hound, too. Having a good hound and treeing coons, you know, that makes you want to keep coon hunting. If you got an old, old dog that be running deer every night or be running off game and don't you don't ever catch nothing, you wade in the swamps and through the briar patches and all, 
It don't take long to break you from that, you know. No, it does not. It gets unfun in a hurry. It's right there. It's, it's always good to have a good hound. You know, when I was a kid and starting out, I never had a good one, but we'd tree a coon every now and then and well, it just light my fire again. And if I had the energy that I did when I was a teenager and the want to that I have now, I'd be in somebody. I mean, I might be in trouble, but, <laughs> but, well, but I'd be in the woods know. every night. Yeah. I've had some bad hounds myself. I, you know, I, I've been out there with some bad ones, but I always at least had one good one at the house, you know, that I could rely on. But I liked to have a lot of dogs when I was a kid. I liked to have a lot of dogs. And the family didn't like it. They, oh, you got to get rid of them dogs. And I, you know, some of them was good and some of them wasn't. And usually the ones that wasn't, I got rid of them. Didn't put them off on nobody else, neither. Yeah. I don't know. I, in this day and time, though, I pretty much see, you know, if I'm going to have something around my house, it's going to be pretty decent. That's right. It doesn't cost any more to feed a good one. Well, that's, like I say, I learned that when I was a child there. It don't cost no more to feed a good one than it does a worthless one. So what prompted you to, I know I'm skipping around here, but yeah, what, good. what prompted you to become an author? I don't know. I just, I sat down one day and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a story. I told one of my buddies, I said, I'm going to write a story and see if I can get it published. He started laughing. So I wrote the story and I I said, here, read it, see what you think. He wasn't laughing when he got done reading it. He, he was smiling. He said, hey, he said, you know what? He said, he said, they're going to probably publish that. And so I sent it in. Sure enough, I get the thing published. And then before long, I, I got people, you know, it, it liked the stories. Everybody's, you know, compliment me on them and stuff. And then as time goes, I get to where I can write better and better. I haven't studied nothing to, to learn how to write. I just, you know, I do it on my own. No help. I, I did the books, which I did them myself editing everything you know and they're not bad for what for just me doing them you know myself which the first one i probably won't do that i'll leave it like it is the second book i'll probably go back and, and redo it edit it a little bit whatnot but the first one is my first one i'm gonna leave it just exactly like it come out now you know sure but but these other books every, every one i did every one gets better and better you know because I learn, I learn from as I go. You know, I write the National Plot Hound Association column now, the monthly column for the magazines. Plus, I try to write, I try to write some kind of story for the Cooner and Full Cry every mm -hmm. month if I can, and I've been doing that for many years. So I quit for a while. I lost one of my my sons there, and I got down and out after that. Quit writing for a little while, but I've started back now. And, you know, the magazines have been good to me, and I try to contribute to them, Aaron. Also, I I try to, any young people around here, you know, I'm going to try to help them get started and try to bring some new people, some new blood into our sport. Yeah, we got to have that. we got to have the you youth know, involved. You, you know, Alan, people don't want to take time with, with kids, they, you know, they're aggravating. They asked a lot of questions and whatnot. Nobody wants to take time. I'm patient. I've got plenty of patience. And, you know, I'm going to put them in the woods with something good. And if I can, I'll give them pups, you know, just, just to hunt, you know, and tell them, hey, come on back. You, you come over here and we'll train the pup. Yeah. You know, and one, one, once, once the young, Fella, he he gets him a good dog. He wins him a couple of hunts. He he he's he's ready to hunt then. Oh yeah, you bet he is. And then he'll worry his mama to death. I know. That's I right. was that kid. <laughs> well, you know, I I went to church Sunday, and 
And when we're leaving there, a couple of guys come up and said, hey, he said, I got these two kids here. So they want to learn how to coon hunt. I said, all right. <laughs> I just started smiling. I said, all right. So I'm about to put them in the woods here, too. Well, that's good. Like I said, my nephews, they want to learn. Even my brother, he he's a businessman and all and pretty busy, but he said he was going to make time to go a few times with me. Well, that'll be good. Yeah, it'd sound good, Darren. Like I said, I got I got one son left, and I'm I'm hoping maybe maybe he'll coon hunt like it. You. It's nothing like getting young kids involved and and they take a liking to it. Yeah, that's for sure. There, you know, I've had here in the last two weeks, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, wanting to hunt and stuff. And some of them are not even coon hunters; they want to learn, though, or they want to go. You know, I told them that's no problem, you know. Just give me a call when you get ready, and we'll go, you know. I've talked to a lot of these landowners, too, and thought I'd give me permission to hunt their land. You know, so that's the thing in this day and time. It's it's hard to find places to hunt. Absolutely. You know, everything's grown. Even this this place around here, it's, it's really grown up. You've got houses where, you know, where it used to be nothing but woods. Or cow pasture. Yeah. Well, cow pasture's got a subdivision in it now. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's it's really grown. And it's not just here. It's it's pretty much all across the country. It is. As far as running dogs, I mean, urban sprawl is an epidemic. Well... I thought years back, I said, well, it's going to eventually get to where the, the wide, hard hunter's going to be a thing of the past. And it will be before long, probably. Yeah. I have a patchwoods dog. Yeah, I can see the writing on the wall. I, I love the big, wide, hard hunter. Well, but, that's what I've always hunted. I, I turn them loose. And I want them to get in there and get struck and get treed, you know. I don't care where they go. If they get treed, I'll get to them. That's right. But, you know, nowadays, it's just going to. You know, they cross somebody's hundred by hundred foot lot, and they kill your dog, or you you know, and he's got that little lot in the middle of a ten thousand acre patch of woods. You know, where and, and these people, they from the city and all, they don't want no hounds or nothing on their land. You know, they don't yeah. know nothing about hunting. They don't know what's going on. That's right. I've always said that if you're going to hunt one of those kind of dogs, and and in this day and time that you better be good friends with your sheriff and your game warden. Yeah, that's right there. So, you know, so. I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle of if they have to, if they need to go, that's fine. But I'd rather them not hunt so far. Well, I'm going to be careful where I, you know, where I cut my, my hand loose right now. I'm, I'm going to try to try to hunt him where there's no houses or no people around anyway. Yeah, and you know it's more important, more important than ever, that those dogs have a really good handle on them. Yeah, that's right there. You know, getting them to where they're handling. I've had some that didn't have no handle to them. You know, you oh, turn I've them had loose. Them. If they didn't strike, they'd go for miles and miles through the country. You know. Yeah, and you wouldn't. I got one sitting up in the kennel right now. If you turn him loose, you'll pull him off a tree. There ain't no coming well, back. I've, I've had several like that, you know, and it's in this day and time it's hard to hard to hunt something like that. Well, I don't hunt him anymore. I don't know. I tell you another thing too that I've that I've wished over I mean, I've thought it over and over and over again. I've had these good reproducing hounds. I've had several of them that would reproduce from anything bred to. And I didn't collect no semen from them. I, I wish over and over and over again I I would have, you know, kept the bloodline going, you know. I, the bloodlines died out, what I had, you know, because nobody promoted it or kept it going, you know. Yeah, it's the, that's the cheapest insurance you can have. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I'm sure if, if you breed them every generation, they should get better if you breed them right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes something happens and you don't got nothing left, you know. You ha- you'd have to go back to you to the old, old reliable bank there, you know, the semen mm-hmm. bank. But 
I had the Hopsing dog. I wished I'd have kept semen from him because, like I say, you could breed him to anything and he'd throw tree dogs. Scooter dog, same way. Breed him to anything. It didn't matter what breed or what it was. Tree dogs, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know, some of the best coon dogs I've ever had, you could breed them to 10 females and would not get a puppy tree. That's right. You know, so I don't know. I had a outstanding walker hound one time. I mean, he, he was good. And I bred him to so many females and never got nothing out of him worth nothing. And he had reproducing blood behind him. He just didn't throw nothing himself. Yeah. Sometimes you run into, I call him a mule. Yes, yeah, that's, that's right. I know in this day and time, you know, if, if a guy's got a reproducing hound, anything he breeds him to, he throws pups. You know, I understand a, a large percentage comes from the female, too. But when you've got one, it, you can breed him to a no-good female. 90% of the pups out of the litter make tree dogs. You know, that, that's the dominant stud there. I'm more of a female guy myself. Um, well, I, anything I try to breed, you know, myself over the years, I... Anything I was going to keep pups from, I wanted something I liked. You know, I wanted the complete package there. You know, a lot of people don't breed like that. They'll, they'll breed just whatever, you know, breeding for pups. And, you know, I never was that way, really. I raised a lot of pups, but I tried to have a decent female, too, you know, to, to raise them from, especially if I was going to sell the pups. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days same as cash to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at Conkey'sOutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkey's Outdoors. Houndsman. Helping houndsman. My batteries died on my podcast recorder, so while I was changing the batteries, you you got to talking about uh, your friend Joe Moyer. Yeah, and, Joe, my buddy. And that's the guy you bought Rocky from. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I've, over the years, I've bought a lot of good hounds from, from Joe Moyer. Oh, yeah. He's bought, he's one of the most, probably one of the more famous blue tick breeders alive. Well, he's, you know, he he let me get some of the good dogs he's had over the years. I got old Chubbs from him. And, you know, Chubbs was one of his favorites there. I let him have him back when he, when he got older there and all. Chubbs was a good hound. He was the most broke hound I've ever hunted. When he when he barked, it was coon. When he treed, you'd see eyes. Mm -hmm. Plus, he'd strike out of the truck doing 30, 40 mile an hour. And you turn him loose when he barked in the back in, in the back of the truck. You turn him loose. He he wouldn't go very far, and he'd he'd get treed and have a coon. Oh yeah, I really like those kind of dogs. Yes, yeah, something something you don't see in this day and time it was a it was a freak really i i told a few fellas i said hey i said this dog barks i said in the back of the truck i said i turn him loose he's gonna tree a coon they laugh i said come on let's go we loaded up went over on the little dirt road near my house it wasn't just a few minutes he bawled out a couple times i pull over on the side shoot he went out there about 150 yards probably just falls treed got two kitten coons and guys just shake their head he won't do it again we go move on up the road a little ways before long he bark again there he opened up a couple balls there i cut him loose about 100 yards in there that time just fell treed have a big coon they, they, was, they was believers when they went went home in that's right i love a dog that's able to do that Joe's got a female that does that now. He he pretty much trains everything he's got to 
strike out of the back of the truck or shorter as make life easier. Yeah, and, and I guess Joe's eighty year old now, so you know that that's the only reason I got Rocky because he's too much hound for him at that mm-hmm. age, you know. That's right. Other, otherwise he'd still have him. He he raised Rocky from a pub. Well gosh. What do you say, Alan? I'm 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 trying to think about what I want to ask you next. <laughs> I mean, I know what I want to ask you, but I don't want to ask it. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead and ask me. <laughs> well, you, I'll say you've been on a little bit of a vacation. Yeah, and, for a long time. <laughs> yes, and and so uh, you've you've got you a second chance now. And yep, yeah, I'm gonna make it count too. That's right. So I'm I'm glad I. I I'm glad I know you now, and probably not then. Not to say that I wouldn't have liked you then. I'm I'm one of those people that believe that everybody's got a past, and it's where it probably ought to stay. Yeah, that's 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 right there, Alan. Uh, you know, like I say, I got a lot of friends, and a lot of people know the whole story, the whole deal, and it's not good, but. You know, I've used I use my time wisely while I've been away. That's good. I wrote the books. I wrote a couple hundred short stories and got them published in nine different publications. Uh, I got a paralegal degree from outside college uh, with a ninety-eight point eight seven average. That's that's pretty good there. Uh, like I said, they ain't got to worry about me doing spitting on the sidewalk ever again. I understand. And you know, I, I'm going to try to talk with young people here soon and try to keep it. Keep, if I can keep one person from following the trail I did, you know, it'll be worth it. You bet. But I think, I think more than one person will listen, you know, once I have to speak with them. I'm going to try to talk with numerous people if I can. And, you, you know, I've got another guy that's, he was a he was a public official. I'm gonna get with him real soon here, and me and him both gonna try to talk with people. See see if we can keep people from following the road we followed. You know, you bet the wrong road. Well, everybody makes mistakes, and you know, sometimes it. We're not able to make up for the mistakes we make, and sometimes we are, and it looks to me like that's exactly what you're trying to do. Well, you know, luckily I went to the feds. I went to the federal place, which was it was bad, but, you know, I had the opportunity to learn in there, and that's what I did. I used my time wisely. Well, I come out a different, different man. Yes, sir. I'm... Proud that you're going, that you that you back out and you you you're fixing to tear the woods up again. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going as soon as this hot weather breaks here, I'm going to hit the woods every night. It's rough, man. I'm telling you, it's rough. Yeah, I I, I can't. You know, I I work every day. Like like I say, here probably within real soon, I'm going to start my own business up here. Mm Hmm. Like I say, my brother's a businessman. He got a big warehouse over here. He's he gonna let me have an office in there to, to get started with, whatnot. I don't know. I'm I got several things I want to do. So, you know, what would you? What, what kind of what kind of business you want to start up? Well, eh, what I've got here, I'm, I'm gonna probably give me some hunting supplies and some lights and. Stuff like that and some feed, just dog supply right off, just on the side now. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've got, I don't know, I've got a couple of ideas actually. Plus, I've done already. I, I've been in the car business over the years. I didn't know if people know that or not. I've done got started back in that too. Okay. I've done. I've got several stuff that I've bought already some trucks and stuff and I, I buy stuff that needs work and you know do the work on it myself there and then resell it so I, I'm going to probably 
do that. Just several several things actually. And plus, right now I'm I'm doing construction work with with one of my buddies right now. We I'm working with him. We we do pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. I work at a place called Craft Masters, and you know we we pretty much do everything from building to everything, complete everything. Well, good deal. Bruce, uh, we built cabinets today. Nice upscale cabinets for you know big homes, and then last week we was putting metal roofs on. So every every day we're doing something different, you know. What we do, we do it right, you know. You bet. Well, growing up, my grandpa always used to tell me, "Son, if you can't do it right the first time, make sure you have enough time to do it twice." Well, <laughs> don't happen. Thus, we do it one time, and that's it. It's right. <laughs> I done learned a long time ago. Ain't no good having to do it. Do it over. No, sir. Yeah. Well, we've been going on a little more than an hour. You got anything you would you want to talk about in particular while we're on? And well, I I don't really know. Nothing else, you know. I, I don't, you know, anything you want to ask me, Alan, you're welcome to, you know, and I'll answer honestly. I know you will. Uh, I'm sure that I will come up with a hundred more questions to ask you well, in three or four days. Midwestern Laser Works is a small business dedicated to providing top tier laser engraving services to their valued customers with quality and satisfaction as their top priority. If you're in need of any custom laser engraved services, please do not hesitate to contact Midwestern Laser Works today. There's no order too large, no order too small. Everything from tumblers to business cards. You can find out more on Facebook. Find them at Midwest Laser Works. Contact owner Bryce Matthews for more information. There's a link in the description box below. You can call me back and ask them, you know, but I, I would like to tell everyone what they need to do. If our sport's going to stay alive, they need to try to get youngsters involved in it, get them in the woods. That's right. And you can... You know, if, it, if, if if no youngsters start, it's going to die. It's going to be a thing of the past. That's exactly right. And you got got to get kids, keep them off the street, too. Yep. And you, if you want to, just tell everybody uh, how to order your books uh there'll be some folks well, i'm sure that'll be interested in that anybody wants the two books uh sound of the hounds or the thrill of the chase they can either get in touch with me uh call me at 770-630-0658 or email me at gregory bart nation at gmail.com and I'd be glad to send you the books autograph. Uh, or you can order them through Amazon. I think Barnes and Noble too. Good uh, deal. So very easy to get there. And like I say, I'll be having some more published very soon here. Pretty much all about hunting and I'll have some good pictures in there of the hounds and whatnot. Very interesting if you're a, you're a hunter, you know. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Even some, even some people, it's not hunters like the books, you know. Both of them are three hundred some page books, three hundred fifty page books. Well, good. Y'all, y'all be sure to check out Bart and and uh, get his books and and man, I really appreciate you agreeing to do this. Well, it, also, if they want to see some stories monthly, they can. Check them out in the Cooner or the Full Cry. And I do write the National Plot Hound Association column if anybody's interested in looking at that and whatnot. I'm figuring on getting with some of the fellas here before long, maybe doing a little hog hunting too, not just coon hunting. I'm going to do a little big game hunting too here mm-hmm. when I'm able to. You bet. You bet. Well, Bart, thank you so much for 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 being on here tonight and and uh i'll i'm sure we'll be back in touch all right thanks alan
I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, at Coon Hunting You. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHU Podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.